0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Trustee Table. I'm Anne-Marie Balzano, Director of Leadership and Governance at NAIS, and today I'll be speaking with Kevin McNeil from Metric Marketing. Metric Marketing is a strategic, digitally-driven agency that helps independent schools build loyalty and grow enrollment in an increasingly connected world. Kevin brings over 10 years of experience in advertising, analytics, and digital marketing. His specialty in helping independent schools grow has been honed working with private schools across North America for the bulk of his career. Kevin prides himself on teaching modern digital advertising from a business perspective, not a completely technical one. Recently, he has partnered with Edwards Company and Connor & Associates. Success for Kevin means helping marketing teams, admissions teams, heads of school, and boards make effective decisions based on data. He is a business commerce graduate from the University of Manitoba. Kevin, thank you for taking a seat at the table today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So... Let's just jump into this because I know that you've had a lot of experience over the past year helping schools during the pandemic. And we know that the pandemic has had a profound effect on the admissions process for independent schools. Some schools have seen an influx of families looking for place-based education, while others have really struggled to keep students. So what is the most common problem you're seeing with schools struggling to keep their admissions numbers up during this time?
1: Yes, this pandemic was supposed to be over by now.
0: I know, right? But
1: <laughs> yes. But but it, it's brought opportunities with its challenges uh to our schools. And we've been lucky enough to to work with schools not just all across North America, but now in Switzerland, England, Mexico City. And I can tell you that mm-hmm. we're seeing the same problem really all over the globe now. And it's that the pandemic has, has obviously pushed the world in into an even more digital place. And what we're seeing in our schools is that we're not getting the right data in the digital space to make decisions on. Mm. Uh, every school I meet has Google analytics, for instance, and this is a classic example that we see all the time. Uh, we have Google analytics, so we think we're doing the job of, of gathering data to make decisions upon, but 99% of the time when we start working with a school, we're not seeing the type of customized or personalized data that you actually want to make decisions on. Uh, People get stuck in in looking at traffic and impressions and and good things, but they're key performance indicators. We need to get to a place where we have the right data to make decisions across teams that relate to enrollment, that relate to open house inquiries and signups, the type of personalized data that everyone at a school can understand. That's a, a problem we're seeing all over the globe.
0: So you're making the connection that because schools aren't collecting or analyzing the right kind of data, that there's a disconnect between maybe the data that they're looking at and the sort of admissions or marketing decisions that they're making?
1: Yes. Whether the objective or the issue is lowering attrition rates or increasing enrollment, if we don't have the right data, we don't find the gaps. We don't know where we're losing that prospective family or current family in our communications or our advertising. We we tend to look for tactics or channels and say, so often at schools, we, we see, we're going to try Facebook advertising. We're going to try this new method in email marketing. And then we stop after a year or two, because not because it didn't work. It's because we don't know if it's working. We lack the data to make decisions or, or find the gaps and where we're losing prospective families or current families.
0: That's really interesting. I I like that focus on on really assessing what we're choosing to do, um, because I feel like, you know, oftentimes we get so caught up in just looking for a solution that we don't actually take the time to really evaluate if it's working. And so I really like how you called that out. And you also make the the good point that we are definitely living in a digital world much more than we ever thought possible. And actually during our January episode of the trustee table with Heather Hurl from EMA, she mentioned that some schools are still investing heavily in pre-pandemic advertising and marketing schools, which might not be yielding students. So if schools are doing a lot of advertising and they're just not seeing the results they want, is it a lack of data that's to blame or or are there are some other issues that you see holding schools back?
1: Yes, I see this very often as well, and I'm at a place now where I have access to enough analytics accounts where I can say this pretty bluntly. It's digital first. If there's somebody in the decision making room that disagrees, it's time for them maybe not have a seat at the table. <laughs> uh, the pandemic pushed, you know, we'll call it the last 25 percent of our population that wanted to do things the old fashioned way. They've been pushed into digital. They've been trained. So what we see is that when we when we get too um, tied to our old advertising mediums or our traditional advertising spends, what we're doing is we're actually focusing on one section of the customer journey. And I'm going to say the word customer journey a thousand times today, so I <laughs> apologize. Traditional advertising still works; it still has a fit. It belongs in the customer journey, but normally it's at the front. It's at the awareness side of the customer journey when somebody's first meeting our school or touching our brand. And what happens is if we're overly invested in the front of the customer journey, at the awareness side, then we're actually not investing in our most important audience, which is those families that are building familiarity and moving into consideration before they take an action that we want them to take or convert. So really in a fundamental in today's advertising world, Does awareness have a place? Yes, certainly. Absolutely. It's the first step. It's the awareness side, step one of the customer journey. But we actually want to invest more in the middle of our customer journey than we do at the front because that audience is closer to conversion or closer to taking an action than we want them to take. So it has a place, but it needs to be balanced with uh, completing the customer journey with a mix of tactics all working towards one goal.
0: Interesting. Um, so, you know, the moment you said customer journey, I immediately thought of our jobs to be done research about why parents choose independent schools. And so it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, rather than just sort of targeting parents where where they're at that first thought where they might be considering coming to the school, um, you're saying that that marketing needs to be maybe targeted a little bit further down that path. Am I hearing that right?
1: A hundred percent. And, uh, I love the jobs to be done survey. If you haven't read it, read it. I'm still waiting to be given permission to share with the rest of my team, but we can talk Mm -hmm. about this afterwards, Henry. (laughs) Um, The jobs to be done survey, one point I take out of it particularly is we talk about job one, help me help my child overcome obstacles. Job two, help me fulfill my child's potential in a values aligned community. These are different either pieces of content. They're different ads But there are definitely different points that we need to address somewhere along the customer journey that a family is taking to make a decision on a school. Mm -hmm. So this is how I need to plan my advertising. I can't just have branded ads that say my school name and our mission statement out in the marketplace all the time. That can be step one. Again, awareness is important. It is step one. But as I'm respecting that customer journey, it takes time. It's researched. When I'm serving a second ad or a third ad to that prospective family, let's make sure that I'm finishing job one, okay? Help me help my child overcome obstacles. Do we have the right content for that on our website or on our landing page? Is that where I'm driving an ad to? And then as we keep going, as we keep advertising again to that middle of the customer journey, when families are building familiarity, moving towards consideration, take those four jobs into account And tick those boxes on your way to conversion. You know, if we've done a great job of getting somebody from job one to job four, which has helped me realize my plan for my talented child, you know, we can really feel like we've, uh, you know, uncovered all the stones or, or pushed a lot of the buttons that we could have to try to get this family to take action. And that's modern advertising, serving the right ad and the right content to the right person at the right time.
0: You know, it's funny, as, as you were speaking, I, I was thinking one of the things that we really push our schools to think about is what kind of families does your school attract? And oftentimes we say, you know, you can't be everything to everyone. And so, you know, if you look at your student population and you see that, you know, you're attracting a lot of, let's say, job two families and maybe, you know, you're thinking toward the future and maybe there's an opportunity to maybe attract some job three families as well. That really has to play into your marketing strategy.
1: At the very core of your marketing strategy, I, I couldn't agree more because that's brand level. We need to understand who our, our target audience is, who our right fit families are. And we need to build our communications and our advertising with them in mind. And we're going to have more than one audience, as you kind of uh, pinpointed there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The brand level and making sure that our schools, because advertising is getting more competitive, everybody's moving more digital you know, um, having success in today's day and age isn't just going to be doing digital advertising. Having our brand in order is going to make sure that we're positioned correctly for our right fit families. We're positioned against our competition in a meaningful way. We're not just saying the same things as the school down the road mm-hmm. and that we're getting the right messages that we believe in, uh, that our school can really stand for out to the marketplace consistently.
0: And that's really honing in on that idea of of being very clear about your value proposition. Because um, I, I really appreciated what you just said about, you know, not just doing the same thing as a school down the road, but what makes us unique, what sets us apart, I think has to be at the core of that work, right?
1: Again, the most common problem uh, we see around the world around North America is is bad data that leads to bad decision making. If it's not bad data, you have a brand problem. You're not well organized enough to do thoughtful advertising or well positioned advertising. Uh, because again it's not just about running ads Um, we need to be consistent and speaking to the right audience and again positioning ourselves against our competition and for what we believe in Uh, Mm -hmm. those are really the three main components that build up a school's positioning statement
0: i appreciate you sort of outlining that for our audience and and as you alluded to earlier um, families are experiencing so much more online now um whether they want to or not, right? So everything from virtual school tours to online learning. So what can schools do to keep both prospective and current families engaged?
1: So much more happening in the digital world these days, but we do have a teaching that uh, I really believe in and that there's really seven ways that somebody finds you in the internet. And we can do so many different things within these kind of seven categories. But at the end of the day, current families or prospective families, they find us through organic search. That's a non-paid advertisement on a search engine. Uh, Paid search, mostly Google AdWords. Referral traffic. So another website that links to you, uh, like niche.com, for instance. Email marketing, as we all know, so important for our schools. Social media is a big category. Always think of it as two parts, kind of our community management, our day-to-day posting and interaction with our families. Uh, as well as uh, social media is now one of the most um, unique targeting advertising tools that's ever existed. Number six is display advertising. Uh, So these ads that follow you around the internet these days, for the most part, everybody will know. And then uh, the last one is direct. So somebody who types your, your school's uh, web address indirectly, almost everything that we do online can be fit into those seven channels. I've seen hundreds of analytics accounts, I've seen things called different things, but this rule has really never been broken. So when we are planning, whether it's prospective families or current families, when we're planning our communications or our advertising, and keeping them engaged, one of the things that we need to stop doing is stop thinking about one channel versus another and start thinking about how these different seven channels work together to fulfill a customer journey. How am I going to get in front of a prospective family for the first time? How am I going to stay in front of them, potentially using display advertising or retargeting efforts? How am I going to get them to convert using Google AdWords, potentially using email marketing? And for my prospective families, uh, how am I going to keep them engaged on that community side of of social media? How am I going to keep them engaged using email or personal communication touch points?
0: And so for for those current families, um, and and I like the way that you have really targeted them as well, right? Because it's not just a matter of getting folks in the door, but it's how do we use these different sort of marketing or communication strategies to keep our current families with us? And you're right, I think that social media is probably one of the most robust ways that we can do that, particularly for current families.
1: For current families, social media is so important. When we look at the data of who's interacting from our social media platforms back to our school websites, Uh, Current families make up the bulk of the traffic that's coming from day-to-day social media, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, So we know that some schools are battling right now to keep the families and the students enrolled for the long run, knowing that situations are changing within households. So have you found any solutions for schools looking to lower attrition rates?
1: Yes, there are solutions. Um, Unfortunately, there's no easy ones. This is not uh, the, the easy part, of uh, communications and advertising. Uh, this is the end of the customer journey. This is the loyalty side of the customer journey. And this is what the best companies in the world do is they execute well at the loyalty side of the customer journey, right? We think about Starbucks. We think about um, you know brands that people are, are glued to. These are companies that do a great job at the loyalty side of the customer journey. So uh, a few things that our schools need to do to be good at the loyalty side. Yes, I'm a broken record at this, but number one is data. We need to understand where your communications with our current families are working and are not working. Now, we spoke about channels a moment ago. Email and social media, community management are two of the most important channels for our current families, along with personal touch points. And they're some of the hardest uh, to get organized for schools. Now, schools are such big organizations. We have so many different stakeholders. We have so many different uh, objectives that we're trying to achieve across an entire school that... Things like email marketing and social media that might be easy for a smaller organization really require more organization for a school, for a larger large organization. So we need to understand for schools when it comes to email marketing, uh, what are the different technologies at play? What technologies are we going to use? Is it going to be MailChimp or is it going to be my BlackBot or, or school admin software that I'm using to communicate with current families? Then what's the type of content I'm going to use to keep them engaged? Then how am I going to track it? What's working? What's getting interacted with? All the way back to when we're thinking about that organization of email marketing, what do we want current families to do? What are the actions that we want them to take to stay engaged? Or the conversion points? Same ideas for social media, really. It's got to be really well organized on the different channels that are going to fit for our families. Where are your current families spending their time on social media? What type of content do they want to engage with? What type of actions do we want them to take? And really building out our plans to, uh, to be organized and measured in our efforts there.
0: I couldn't emphasize the word measure there enough, right? Because again, if you're just trying all these different strategies and you're not taking the opportunity to really assess or evaluate, if they're yielding the kind of results you want, then you can't really have a cohesive plan.
1: Yes. And in measurement, measurement starts before we go to market, as we say as well. It starts before channels because we need to, we talked about getting organized at the brand level Mm -hmm. and that is part of good measurement. And it's part of, you know, understanding what are the things that we're trying to track or trying to target. I had such a great conversation with a school last week about an admissions team uh, spending a lot of time, uh, a lot of effort and fighting to keep uh, this particular uh, family where at the end of the day, were they the right fit family? And did the school have the tools in place to know that? Uh, they went through a lot of effort trying to keep this family in place in, in this particular issue. You know the problem was financial at the end of the day that the school was a little bit out of means for the family, and there was probably a better situation for them, regardless of the type of type of uh, financial aid that they were provided. So that conversation got us back to getting organized at the brand level to say, you know, who are we targeting? Who are we the best fit for? And that can help us guide our efforts and and then measure our efforts as we go to market or we take action to try to lower attrition rates in that way.
0: Great, thank you for that example. Um, It's a powerful one. So um, to sort of wrap up our our conversation, which has been just very insightful today, if you had one action item for our independent school leaders, what would it be and why?
1: I do have an action item. Thank you for asking me, yes, because I try (laughs) to leave anytime I'm talking to a school uh, I really pride myself, metric. We really pride ourselves on on being educators to educators. That was a little tagline we, we use internally. And the digital world that we're getting pushed into now even more and more, it doesn't have to be a technical space. If we put the right decision making tools in place, we can bring our board, our head of school, our admissions team, our marketing team together and start making decisions based on the same tools across all of our different departments and our levels of decision makers. My one takeaway is first get the right data to make decisions so you can make decisions based on data. We do need to in our schools get over opinion-based decision-making when we're dealing with hard things like lowering attrition and increasing enrollment. How we get over opinion-based decision-making is number one, decisions based on data, and number two, decisions based on, based on fundamental tools like documented brand guidelines, documented communications plans that we can look back to and say, we do have a plan for what we're doing. We do have rules about how we do these things, and therefore, that's how we're going to make a decision on something. So build the right foundations at your school. One action from today is get the right data, get the right measurements in place, Get the right foundations in place at the brand level to ensure that everyone has the same tools to make decisions with.
0: That's great advice, Kevin. And um, I really appreciate the fact that you said that it has to be a, a school wide effort, that this isn't just, you know, the marketing department's job, but this is really a, a school wide orchestrated plan based in in the relevant data. And, and I think that's a really powerful takeaway for our audience. You know, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I know that the knowledge and the expertise that you shared will really benefit our listeners.
1: I thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be with you today. And, and I hope it, even if it's that one actionable takeaway, I hope the audience uh, can take something away that can help them in these crazy times.
0: <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Trustee Table. We've included some great resources on some of the areas we discussed at NAIS.org. And you can also keep an eye on that page for new podcast episodes. Please be sure to listen, rate, review, and subscribe to a new episode each month. Thank you for listening.